a heart that is surrendered to God that says, God, how do you want me to serve you through serving others? Serving is an attitude that leads to an action, not just an action by itself, whereas volunteering is an action. Serving is surrendering our will to God's will. Volunteering is being in control of what we do. It's our choice, not God's choice. Did you know volunteer is not even in the Bible? No, Jesus called people to be servants or slaves. We don't like that word, but that's what he called himself also. He called himself a servant. He called himself a slave. Jesus' words are recorded in more than one of the Gospels where he says, the Son of Man, which is the name that he called himself, um, did not come to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Like I said, God's plan was that Jesus would come to serve us. Now, as often is the case, the Bible turns our cultural values on their head. We value freedom. We value autonomy. We like to be in control. We like to be self-sufficient. We don't like to be told what to do. We like to have a choice. That's part of our culture. Even if we can't be control of other people or other circumstances, we want to be control of ourselves and our choices. But Jesus calls us to cast aside all of our personal freedom and become his slave. And he's not asking us to do anything that he did not also do himself. It's the same thing that Jesus did when he willingly left heaven to come to earth to serve us in obedience to his Father, who is God. Do you want your life to look like Jesus? Do you want your faith to grow? Believe it or not, Jesus said, the way to grow your faith is through serving God, which is serving others. Jesus' disciples came to him at one point, and they said to him, show us how to increase our faith. Perhaps we would have thought that Jesus would have said, well, pray more. Maybe he would have said, oh, trust me to do miracles or study the scriptures. Spend more quiet time with God and your faith will grow. But that is not what he said at all. In Luke 17, 7 to 10, this is Jesus' response to the disciples' question, show us how to grow our faith. Suppose one of you had a slave plowing or looking after the sheep. Would he say to the slave when he comes in the field, come along now, sit down and eat? Would he not rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you may eat and drink. Would he thank the slave because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you've done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy slaves We have only done our duty. Wow. That's how we increase our faith. We obey God, even when it seems thankless. We give up our rights and our freedoms. Serve God through serving others, and your faith will increase. We want to be rewarded for our acts of service, or at least want to be thanked. We want them to be acknowledged. Even sometimes if they're not acknowledged and we're purposely maybe doing something in secret, there's that good feeling we have inside. 
And often if we're doing something in secret, we're choosing something that we like, something that makes us feel good, something we know we're good at, but there's always a reward. That's the way we're wired. We want that reward. But Jesus says that serving in the kingdom of God is a duty. It doesn't require a thank you. Now we're going to get later to hear about how God in his graciousness does honor us, does reward us, does give us a sense of well-being. But that is not the goal. It doesn't sound very exciting and not exactly a way to recruit people to work in the church. Come, do your duty. That's all it is. It's a duty. Come and do it. But if we are followers of Christ, that means we're truly devoted to following his teachings and his ways, then serving is our duty. Hmm. Not very exciting sounding. But Jesus says that doing our duty of serving him is how we increase our faith. Serving God is grounded in a relationship with God. Otherwise, it is drudgery. It is just a duty. But if you have a loving, trusting relationship with God, then it's not that hard to humbly surrender your will to him, to do your duty in serving him however he asks you to. So the question is, do you trust God? Do you trust that he loves you enough that you can willingly submit to what he asks you to do? See, spiritually, there is no such thing as freedom in the sense that we are our own masters. To be free from sin is to be a slave to righteousness. It's right out of the New Testament. There are only two masters, sin and God. And we either serve one or we serve the other. In fact, Galatians 5.13 tells us that the very purpose for our freedom is this. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. See, we receive freedom from sin and become slaves to God in order to serve one another. It's the very reason God set us free from sin is to serve each other. That's your mission in life, if you've ever wondered what it is. Your mission is to serve God through serving others. It's clearly there. He set you free from sin in order to serve one another humbly in love. Somehow that simplifies things a little. It's that easy. Your purpose in life, your mission in life is to serve others. What that service looks like will depend on what God says to you individually. And you will know what he says as you spend time building your relationship with him. We serve God by serving others. God is our master and he expects obedience. That's why we're not volunteers. Volunteers offer their time and talents freely. We are servants. and We either serve Satan through our selfishness Or we serve God through our obedience to whatever he calls us to do. Remembering that he is loving, kind, and just. When you know the character of God, it's not hard to say yes to however he asks you to serve. Uh, Pastor and author Wade Hodges puts it this way in his blog. 
So let's be clear about what the church is and what it is not. It is not a club of volunteers who give their spare time to a good cause. It's a group of slaves who are bought at a price and whose entire lives are devoted to serving a common master. While on earth, Jesus took the form of a slave. His apostles considered themselves slaves of God and of the church they served. Everyone in our church is a slave. If you're a Christian, you're not just a member of a volunteer school social organization. You are a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. You serve him and the rest of the church because that's the example he set for us. Jesus never asked his followers to give up a few hours of their day off, but he did call them to give up everything they cherished in life for the sake of his kingdom. This distinction is crucial because in our culture, most church volunteers have to be cornered, coddled, and convinced that their participation won't take up too much of their time. Volunteers ask, how much is required of me? This is often another way of asking, how much or how little do I have to do to get you off my back? Slaves of Christ, on the other hand, serve their church at the pleasure of their master, realizing their lives and the time by which they, it is made, and the time by which that life is measured already belong to him. They go the extra mile in everything they do, doggedly pursuing excellence, because they believe their master is worth the extra effort. The church doesn't need more volunteers who give away what time they can spare. We need more slaves whose lives belong to the Lord. Here's the bottom line. We serve because Jesus served. We serve a loving master, and we serve him because we love him. He's fair. He is just. He is kind. He's not going to condemn you or guilt you into putting in your time. He only asks that you come to him in humility and surrender your will to his. Ask him how he'd like to use you today. That's serving. Our minds naturally go to serving in the church when we think of serving. And that's a good thing. Serving in the church is practical. You and your family receive ministry at this church from other people who are volunteering their time and talents. So it only makes sense that you should also give back your time and your talents to serve other people. Galatians 6.10 says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Well, that's most practically done in the context of serving in your local church. There's uh, many verses in the New Testament of the Bible that describe the community of people who follow Jesus as a body. And this is where we get the term, the body of Christ, if you've heard that. Each of these passages of scripture says that the church is made up like a body. It's many different parts, each of which have their own purpose and their own function. But we need all of the parts working together for the body to function properly. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful servants of God's grace in its various forms. See, God's gift that he gives to you is a gift he gives for you to share with others. He doesn't just give you a gift, a talent, and ability to keep to yourself. It's meant to be used to serve other people. Not to bring glory to yourself, but to bring glory to God.
Serving the church also provides opportunity to build relationships with other Christ followers. How many of you here would say that you have developed at least one significant relationship with someone through serving together in the context of the local church? Raise your hand. Many of you. That's how you make friends in the church. Serve together. So what are the ways that God rewards our service to him? Ephesians 4, 12 and 13 tells us that Jesus himself gave all of these gifted people to the church. He gave you to this church. You're his gift to us, each one of us. A gift to those around you. A gift to the overall functioning of the body of Christ here in Beaumont. He says that in Ephesians that all you gifted people are here to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Serving together builds unity in our church. It matures each of us as a follower of Christ, individually and collectively. It is the way we grow our faith and become more mature and more like Christ through serving together and building unity. It's through our shared passions and experiences that we often find deeply meaningful and fulfilling relationships. Serving is an act of worship, according to 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God provides. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. So we serve in order to bring glory to God. And what is bringing glory to God? It's worship. That's what worship is. Worship is to bring glory to the object of your worship, to glorify them. So to bring glory to God through serving, we are worshiping him. Your service is an act of worship. It's not just singing songs. It's not just praying. Serving is an act of worship. So then everything we do should be an act of worship, right? It's not, not what we're created to do, worship God, glorify God. So everything we do needs to be an act of worship, bringing glory to God. So that means everything we do is service to God. Everything we do is serving God through serving others. We serve in our communities. We serve in our homes. We serve through various organizations. I know there's many people in this church that serve with organizations such as Salvation Army, uh, Samaritan's Purse, African Missions, Hope Mission, um, and in, in uh, initiatives to end human trafficking. I'm sure there's plenty of others as well. But let's not forget that our everyday work, whether it's changing diapers or brokering million-dollar deals, is serving Jesus. You're not working for your boss. Sorry, Marlo, don't work for you. Um, your goal is not to impress the other moms in your life with your mad parenting skills while also 
uh, making gourmet meals and DIY decorating your house. You serve Jesus. His opinion is the only one that matters. And he's looking for a humble heart, not a perfect job. I said serving is an attitude, right? Not an action. You can go through the motions of doing good deeds, but you can do it with the wrong attitude. You can do it with the wrong motives. Real serving means you do what you do because of what God has done for you. It's out of gratitude, thankfulness to him, what he's done in your life that you give back in service to him through serving others. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. When I was a young girl, my mother made my sister and I memorize that scripture in the King James Version of the Bible, which says, Whatever you, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. She even had a little song that went along with it, which under other circumstances I would sing for you, but not today. But it was simply, whatsoever you do, do it heartily, heartily, heartily. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. And as we were doing our chores... We were grumbling, not if we grumbled, when we grumbled. My mother would start singing the song, Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. She taught us well that we were not serving her. We were serving God, whatever we did. The lesson came in very handy for me as I got older. The first year after college, I got a job working in a small independent office supply store. And I worked for a rather grumpy old man. My chores in the first few weeks uh, was taking every tiny little item off the shelves, cleaning the shelves, putting all those little items back on. Shelf after shelf, week after week. And every single day ended with a thorough sweeping of the floor. I really did want to complain. I wanted to say this is not what I thought I was being hired for. I thought I was going to be a cashier. And uh, this work was demeaning. But instead, that song came back to me. And I thought, I'm going to pretend that God is the owner of this store and that he asked me to clean his shelves and sweep his floor. And what a difference it made in my attitude. I can thank my mom for that great lesson and God for making sure we put that in the Bible. Whatever you do, do it with all your might as if you're working for God. Because really, you are. That can add meaning to the most mundane of lives, most mundane of chores and tasks. When you're stuck in that dead-end job, when you're at home with those little kids and you're wondering, why is it that other parents, other moms, get to have rewarding careers and be on TV or on the radio or write blogs or do all these things and still raise their families, and you can't seem to manage the two that you got? I know, I've been there. You say, God gave me this task to do for now. And I'm going to do it for him with all my might. Using his strength and his energy that he supplies, as the Bible says. It'll change your attitude. See, serving God may be our duty, 
But it's not drudgery. It's not duty without reward. God, in his graciousness, honors us as we honor him. From what I've experienced, from what others have told me, I believe that serving God in the ways he calls us to generally results in a sense of joy and fulfillment. One of the ways that my husband Andy, together with me, serves here in the church is by uh, teaching the grade four to six class on a rotating basis throughout the year. And Andy has often said this. He says, there's enough things in life that suck the life out of us in this world. Serving in this way, teaching children, gives me life. I feel better going away from my time with the kids. I think many of us can relate to that feeling that serving gives us life. Now, that's not to say that every time you serve, you're always going to feel that way. There are times where serving is simply doing what needs to be done. When you see the piece of paper on the floor, pick it up and put it in the garbage can. It may not feel great. It doesn't really sense fulfillment. But serving is sometimes seeing a need and just filling it, doing what needs to be done. There are times when serving does leave you feeling exhausted. It doesn't necessarily mean you're out of God's will. You need to do exactly what Jesus did when he was exhausted by ministry. He got away quietly with God. He allowed God to refresh him, refocus him. Sometimes our ministry feels exhausting because we've gotten our, our focus off of what God really wants us to do. Our attitude has changed. Something's not right. and We need to get away quietly with God. Allow him to refresh us, refocus us, show us what he wants us to do. See, personal fulfillment and joy, that should never be the goal of serving. That's not the measure of whether what you're doing is God's will or not. There's only way to know if you're doing God's will is to talk to God. Obedience to him is the goal. Fulfillment, joy, developing quality relationships with others, it's all a bonus from our Heavenly Father. There's another bonus too. John 12, 26. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Think of that phrase, where I am, my servant also will be. When you are serving God through serving others, you are with God. He is with you. Do you want a closer walk with God this year? Ask him, how does he want you to serve him? He'll be with you, giving you that reward, drawing you close to him. And it's very gracious of him that he promises to honor us for serving him. That's why it's not drudgery. It's just honoring him. So the question is, this year, what's it going to look like for you to serve God, to grow in God by serving him? That's a question only God and you together can answer. There's a place for each of us to serve God in the local church body. Have you found your place? Maybe you just need to surrender your will to God and agree to serve him however he asks you to. Maybe you've been serving within the church, within another organization, 
in your community or your home. But your heart has grown weary. Your attitude is not right. Maybe your motives are wrong. Maybe you need it alone with God and say, refresh me, God. Refocus me. Show me what it really means to serve you out of gratefulness. Maybe you've lost focus at every little thing you do every day is serving God. And you need to just refocus on that and say, yeah, that's what I'm here for is to serve God. So what's it going to look like for you to grow in serving God this year? Ask God. He's going to show you what that is. Joel, I believe, is coming up here in just a moment. He's going to close, but in this next half a minute, we just want you to be quiet, focus, ask God right now. How does he want you to serve this year?